in our identity collection right now. And um, we are going to be talking about being defined by God's love and letting God's love define us. Um, and so that's something that's been on my heart uh, this week. And um, yeah, just something that the Holy Spirit has just been speaking to me on. Actually, we had a different subject that I was going to be speaking on. Um, but I felt the Lord just say, um, I really want to talk about my people being defined by my love. And so, um, yeah, this is a beautiful subject. It's an amazing subject, I think. Yeah, so I think so much in our lives, guys, we can be uh, defined by by things that happen to us, you know, by the, the labels that um, maybe we have acquired through life or the um, you know, the, the names that people have called us or the things that have happened to us in our life, um, in our, in our lives, they affect us. And they, they, you know, I think every single person here, you can relate. All of us have had, um, negative experiences that have, that have hurt us or people have said things that have stuck with us. And I think what the Lord really wants to do tonight in, in my heart and in your heart right now is he wants to address the labels um, that have defined us. And I think really rip those labels off and let his love define us. And it's, um, it's a journey. I think one thing I was thinking about earlier is I think one of the greatest missions that the Holy Spirit has is to take something um, that is a thought um, and bring it into reality. You know, the, the thought that we are loved by God, you know, that's easy to think, okay, God loves me. Jesus loves me. He died for me. But to come from that place to actually, um, I'm living in God's love and it's a reality and it's manifesting so strong in my life that it actually determines the way I react in situations. Uh, those are two very separate realities. And I think the Holy Spirit, um, he, he longs to lead us into that reality where we live in his love, where our, our identity is defined by his love. Our identity is shaped and uh, sculpted by his love. And so I, I hope you guys can get something out of this tonight. I feel like the Lord um, has something special. And so before I start, um, I'm going to kind of go into some of my own, uh, not dirt, I guess, but some of my own um, walk with God and some of the labels that I have had um, through my life. And um, a lot of people have heard my testimony before. And if you don't know it, basically, I used to be a punk, used to smoke a lot of weed and drink a lot of booze and party a lot. And then I got radically saved by God and set on fire. So um, that was in my teenage years. And um, for those of you who are watching, I am not a teenager. So <laughs> I might look young. I'm 25. So that was a long time ago. So we're, we're clean from that. We're good. So, um, but I think one of the craziest things that I've realized um, as I've been growing in my journey with God since I was saved when I was about 16 and now I'm 25 um, is just the amount of healing that the Lord has done in my heart. And I think the, the revelation of how much the Lord wants to heal our hearts and restore us and how much he wants to redefine who we think we are by his love and not by the past experiences we've had. Um, and uh, so I went through something called Restoring the Foundations. And if you are with us here today from our church, you know what Restoring the Foundations is. Um, this beautiful couple, Claude and Yvonne Dugas, they lead this ministry in our church. And uh, what Restoring the Foundations is, is essentially, it's a ministry uh, that's similar to counseling, but it's completely, um, it's, it's very structured and it's very Holy Spirit led at the same time. And basically, uh, the, the aim of this ministry is to restore the foundations of your belief systems, of the way you think, what you believe about yourself, what you believe about God, and really just kind of dive into the negative beliefs you have about yourself and about God and others um, and why, you know, the root issues. And so uh, some of these labels 
that I realized I had through this journey, um, one of the big ones was the, the feeling that I was never good enough. Uh, the feeling that, you know, no matter what I did, um, that I consistently would feel like I wasn't enough, you know, no matter how much I, I, I worked out or no matter how much I tried in school or no matter how much I excelled in my hobbies, you know, there was this feeling that I was never enough and that I was never adding up. And I think, you know, for being vulnerable and for being real, I think a lot of us can probably um, relate to that. You know, we, we as humans, you know, we sometimes feel like we're not enough and, and that we're not measuring up. And I think during this time of COVID-19 and this quarantine, it's easy to feel, you know, we have less to do. We have, um, our schedules aren't necessarily as full, or maybe sometimes, maybe some of you, your schedule is more full, but often, you know, we get stuck in these ruts of, okay, I don't have as much to do. So I'm wasting a little more time doing this or that. And it's easy for us to feel like we're not enough. But anyways, that's something I really struggled with. And um, it was crazy during this time where I went through this restoring the foundations ministry, uh, there, a lot of memories came back that the Lord brought up where um, in, middle school, in middle school, when I was with friends or a group of people, um, there were certain comments and certain things that were said that made me, made me feel like I wasn't enough um, that, and that I wasn't going to add up. And basically the Lord revealed, you know, into, to me, my childhood and basically uh, my teenage years and why I actually believed that. And again, you know, there was a label that I had on myself um, that I was not good enough that the Lord did not put there. Um, and I think one of the greatest schemes that the enemy wants you to believe is he wants to, he wants to tell you, uh, lies and he wants to feed you lies and things that are deception. Um, and, and he wants you to grab onto those things. And I think we, we do that way too often. We partner with these lies way too often. Um, and we need to be defined by God's love. And so I wouldn't say I'm totally over feeling like I'm always enough, but I would say I have a huge breakthrough in this now because I've allowed the Lord, um, his love to come in and to define me, uh, that I am enough and I am his son. And because I'm his son, I am more than enough. Um, you know, another thing that I think a lot of people, and you can see this in a lot of single people. And I think there's a lot of people out there that haven't, and they don't even know, but, uh, you know, I had this belief that eventually I was going to be rejected. And so, uh, Katrina knows some of my story, but basically between some friends and this girl that I did in middle school, you know, I, I was rejected and, um, I had this crazy belief in me that eventually, no matter what, no matter who I met, that eventually if they got close enough to me, um, they were going to reject me. And, uh, this was this crazy lie that I believed subconsciously and it was affecting my relationships. Um, it was affecting my decisions in those relationships. And, um, yeah, it was something that was affecting me for a long time. And again, the Lord, he revealed to me the memories of where these things came from, where this belief, this label, this label that was a lie, um, that I was going to be rejected eventually, where that memory came from. And, um, but again, God ripped that off and he began to define me by his love and by his grace. And, um, I think it's amazing now that I'm married, I don't, I know that my wife is not going to, um, reject me and it's beautiful. And, um, I don't need to dive in probably too much to all my stuff here, but the last one I think that I wanted to touch on, I felt the Lord wanted me to share with you guys is, um, is I think one of the biggest things that I used to struggle with and maybe sometimes still, but really used to struggle with is performance. Um, so, you know, the feeling that I needed to do more to be loved and accepted by others. And, um, but yeah, I, God has really redefined me by his love. And, and why I'm sharing this all with you is I'm not sharing this all with you to, uh, you know, 
reveal a bunch of dirt on myself and make myself sound like a, like a schmuck in front of you guys or anything. It's actually just to um, build some common ground with you guys that all of us, we struggle with uh, these labels that the enemy is trying to put on us, these feelings about ourselves where we feel inadequate that the enemy is trying to manipulate and deceive us with. And um, it's a key that in our daily walk with God, if we want to have a really strong identity, if we want to know our identity and walk it out, we need to be very aware of the lies of the enemy, very self-aware of the lies that are maybe trying to cling onto our identity. And even more, even more so, we need to be spending time with God where we are being defined by his love, letting the Father love us and receiving his love and letting his love shape us and, and, and sculpt us and uh, yeah, really shape the way we see things. And, um, you know, I remember when I was in school, I remember this one friend all the time, he would just say to himself, say to himself you know, I, I, I hate myself. Um, I'm worthless. I, I, I like, why does God love me? Why does anyone love me? Why do you hang out with me? Oh, sorry, bumped you. Um, and, and as he said this, no matter how much me and my friends could love him and, and try to encourage him, um, you know, there was nothing that we could do. Uh, he's, he was clinging onto these things so strongly. And so, you know, why do I share this story with you? Is I, I, I share it very simply uh, just because, guys, we have a part to play in our identity. Um, whether we go before the Father and we receive his love, we receive his affirmation, um, and we receive that who he says we are, whether we're feeling it or not, that that is the highest truth over our lives. And we can partner with that, or we can partner with another reality, and we can grab onto the lies of the enemy um, and partner and agree with those. And we need to realize, guys, that we are not who we say we are. Um, I think sometimes, you know, we in our moments where we are strong, we can have um, this feeling that we can say, oh no, this is actually who I am. And that's good. But we need to realize that we are not wise enough. We are not always smart enough to actually know who we are. And we, you know, I think there's some people out there and I can relate to this sometimes where you think you, you know a lot, where you think you are, you know, you're like, oh, I'm good. I know my identity. But if we're not going before the father and receiving his love daily and, and, and weekly and every single um, month, you know, of our lives, guys, we are not going to know who we truly are. We need to be defined by his love. But yeah, I want to share a really powerful story with you guys. And it's about one of my sisters and um, something really powerful that happened in her last year of high school is um, there was this guy, I don't remember his name, but this guy that attended the high school the same year as her in grade 12. Um, sorry, she, they were in grade 12. And basically he felt like he was worthless, like he didn't have any value. Um, and he was in a place where he was very depressed and he was actually considering um, committing suicide. He was considering um, on the last day of school, he made a plan that he wanted to end his life where he wanted to um, hurt himself. And, and uh, the last day of school, um, before he was leaving, my sister went up to him and, and she said the super simple but very kind thing. And she just said, you know, hey, thank you so much for um, you know, hang out with you sometimes during school. I really appreciate you. You're awesome. And I'm going to miss you a lot now that school's over. And they weren't super close, but my sister just being super kind hearted, she, she reached out, she said this to him and, um, and he'll never forget it because that day, instead of going and ending his life, he went home and he completely scratched his plan. And, um, you know, the, the few sentences that my sister said to him redefined the way he thought about himself that, you know, somebody actually cared about him, that he did have value to someone that he actually made an impact on someone. And we need to realize guys that when we identify things, it releases identity. When we 
um, you know, identify ourselves as God's sons and daughters, and we identify ourselves as loved. And when we hear God's voice and read his word and receive his love for us, it, it releases identity. You know, a really powerful scripture here that I shared on last week is Matthew 3, uh, verse 16 here. And it says, this is Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist. And it says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the spirit of God ascending like a dove and alighting upon him. In verse 17, it says, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know, I think, I think something that I can realize here is just how important it is for Jesus to receive the love and the affirmation of the father. Um, and if, if this is something that was essential to Jesus in his ministry, it's something that is more than essential for us in our lives you know, if the very son of God needed to be affirmed and loved by the father himself, then how much more do we need to be loved and affirmed by the father? Um, and, and the crazy thing is, you know, the father is always waiting for us to be, um, the father is always waiting for us to come to him, to be, uh, to, to love us and to affirm us and to show that he cares about us and really to give us value. But we need to, we need to play the part guys where we come before the father and we let him define us. And, um, Something for me really practically the other day, um, I was sitting in my office upstairs and I, I just remember sitting there and the, the sun came around the corner and it was shining in the window. And I remember um, just sitting there and I, and I felt the father speak to me and he just said, son, I love you so much. You are my beloved son. I am pleased with you. I care about you. And I'm so proud of you for what you're doing in ministry and, and what you're doing in life and as a husband and as my son. And it was crazy because the moment before, you know, I had, I had no, no recollection or no realization of how much I needed that. But the minute that the father spoke to me in my heart, it completely changed my day. It changed my view. And I became so much more aware of his love and presence and so much more aware of how beautiful life is. And, and, and I felt completely encouraged in that moment. And I think so many of us are, and you know, like what I feel in my heart right now, my spirit is so many of you are dry out there. So many of you are dry and you don't even know that you need water. You don't even know that you need um, a touch of the love of God. And you don't even know how much you need the affirmation and the love of the father. Um, but the beautiful truth is that he is waiting for you. He's waiting for you in the secret place. He's here with you right now, wherever you are. Um, and he wants to touch you and he wants to bless your heart. You know, this is so important guys. And, and I think another really practical thing is, um, you know, when we, when we not only receive his love in our hearts, but when we begin to meditate on his words, um, it begins to manifest in our lives. And, you know, that's what I said at the beginning. And for those of you who are just tuning in, I was just sharing before that I think the greatest, one of the greatest things the Holy Spirit wants to do is take something that we think into something that we believe and we live in, you know, the, re, the, the, uh, concept that we, are loved by God. We think that, you know, but what does it actually look like when we are living in that daily, when we are reacting situations, knowing that we're loved by God and, um, and letting that change our lives completely. And Proverbs 23 verse seven here says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And I think this is a really powerful verse guys, because as we think in our hearts, as we think in our hearts, you know, I'm loved by God. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. Um, I am not a son and daughter, but I am a son of God. You know, it changes the way we think it, it, and a thought uh, becomes a belief and a belief manifests into your identity. And so I want to encourage you guys, you know, what we focus on magnifies focus and meditate on the love of God for yourself. And I heard this quote and, and this might sound cheesy, but 
you know, the love of God is, is the, the wind below our, our wings. And it's, it's so true though. It's, it's the, you know, if we want to fly, if we want to, you know, grow in a relationship with God and grow in our awareness of who we are in him, we need to be loved by God. And we need to be aware of our neediness for his love and our neediness for, um, his kindness and his grace and his touch. And, um, yeah. And I think one, one thing I want to encourage you guys is it's, it's humble to believe who God says you are. And it sometimes as humans, we want to say, we want to punish ourselves. If you, maybe if you messed up or you did something wrong, you want to punish yourself sometimes by saying, God, I'm not worthy of your love, but it's, it's, it's humble to, to receive. No, I am loved by God. I am a son of God or I am a daughter of God and actually receive that. And, um, the last thing I want to share with you is this, this picture that I, um, or the story that one of my, my teachers taught me a long time ago. And he, um, the story is basically about a painting and, and there's this, these two professors, I might mess this up, but basically sorry, there's this professor and this guy, um, the teacher there in the same room. And they're debating about just basically our worth to God and about God's love for us and kind of, um, kind of about how God sees us. And, um, and so anyways, the teacher, I'm going to kind of butcher the story. So hopefully I make the sense, but, um, you know, the teacher points at, at this painting and he says, you know, is, is saying this painting is ugly. Does that bring any glory or any honor to the person who painted it? And, and the professor said, no. And, and he said, the teacher said back, you know, if I said this, this painting is beautiful and it's an amazing work of art, does that bring honor to the author or to the, the painter? And he said, yes. And, and, you know, I think there's this really simple uh, comparison to our walk with God. And I think, you know, we like to keep these labels because we think that we deserve it. But the greatest way you can honor God is by acknowledging and honoring that we are made in his image and that we're made and we look like him. We at our deepest core. We are made in his image. And I think it's really important, guys, that we um, we partner with his love and we and we realize that, you know, in his eyes, we are beautiful and we are loved. I think one thing that I thought of is how do I practically receive God's love and be defined by God's love? You know, how do you practically actually receive God's love and how do you be defined by God's love? And what does this process look like? And I think um, I want to encourage you guys all in a few ways. And some of this seems super basic, but the first one that came to my heart is the scripture, um, you know, get in the word and um, get alone before God and, and ask God, who do you, who do you say that I am? And I think another powerful thing is, um, just, and, and this can sound so basic, but go on Google and literally type in, in Google search scripture that talks about your identity and, and who God says you are and, and meditate on the word of God, the scriptures you find, um, in the word of God. Um, another really uh, simple thing is listening to the secret place guys. It's just spending time in quiet. And I think, one thing that we don't do often enough is we um, we don't spend enough time listening. We spend a lot of time talking at God um, and not always a lot of time listening and, and just receiving and just, you know, calming our mind, calming our hearts and being still and silent before the Lord um, and listening for his love and his affirmation.